evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome back to the Know Your Role Player Podcast. I'm your host, J215, the number four ever. Follow your boy on IG, and on my IG page is the podcast page that is at Know Your Role Player underscore podcast. The best way that you can listen to this podcast is to download the Anchor app, all right? It's anchor.fm backslash K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R. All right. Now, whether you have Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio Public, Castbox, Breaker, Radio FM, or many, many more, Google Podcasts also, you can get episodes like the one you are currently listening to becomes available. All right? All right, guys, welcome back. Today is Monday, April 11th. The playoffs start this weekend. The play-in starts tomorrow. We got a lot to get to. Um, real quick, let me introduce my friend. You guess French say what's up to the people? What's going on, everybody? Oh man, we get... yes, sir. To to, but... All right, so let's, let's do a little bit of an order, real quick. So I know what everybody's thinking about the NBA Player Awards. That will be Wednesday. All right, so Wednesday we can recap Tuesday's games. Um, then we can do our NBA awards, and we can just do a clean break. We'll put out every stinking award. All right, it's the biggest. It's the biggest episode, the biggest podcast of the episode, all right? So Absolutely. Research is being done. No games are being played. No bias. No media projections. Uh, but let's just get right into it. But we got a lot of stuff going into the day. Um, I didn't want to leave with this, but it's probably the biggest story. So some coaching changes are happening around the NFL. Do you have the full list of the coaches that are getting replaced? So far, there's only two. Okay. Uh, Alvin Gentry from Sacramento, which is no surprise, but Mm -hmm. there's talks of moving him to a front office position. Okay. And then Frank Vogel, which also should not be a surprise since I've been saying it since October. Let's let's, just stick right there with Frank Vogel. Um, Pelican, uh, Rob Pelinka disappointed with the Lakers season, said we will not be here next year. Um, I'm going to say this before and I'm going to say it again. I believe Frank Vogel was the number one fall guy. He is not the number one reason why the Lakers are bad. Frank Vogel is a defensive coach. And bad personnel and bad roster building was the number one contributing reason why the Lakers weren't good. They signed older players. They didn't sign any young role players. They didn't sign any young development players. Everybody was a guy that's kind of where he was in his career. There was nothing to build on. You know, we went from two years ago to Lakers having won a championship to last year having the best defense in the NBA to this year not being a good defensive team at all. You got rid of every good defensive player. And I just, I love how just skateboarding. Now, listen. Let's say this. Frank Vogel, by all means, has his issues. But just to put everything on Frank Vogel and be like, yo, we fixed it? Man, you're just lying to yourself, man. And also, I got to go at Westbrook real quick. Um, You know, when a player says something, I try to be conscious of it because nobody's above anything, right? But, you know, he said, I don't know what this guy had against me. You shot and played terribly most of the year. That's what he had against you. You were horrible. He didn't want to play you. And... Basically, the front office was like, yo, you can't bench him, and he didn't want to play you. That's what he had against you. You were terrible most of the year. All right, towards the end of the season, and the last 10 to 15 games, he played really well, but that was the problem. But, as always, we do have our Laker correspondent, French. French, go ahead, man. Yeah, so I'll start with this, right? Should Frank Fogle have been fired for this season? No, absolutely not. It wasn't his fault the Lakers didn't make the playoffs. It wasn't his fault the Lakers were this bad. Do I feel bad for Frank Vogel? Absolutely not. You took a LeBron James coaching job. I'm going to say this. Can I jump in real quick? Go ahead. I thought it was a little tacky how, you know, the report came out before he even finished the game. Yeah, no, I thought no. that was a little tacky. 
It was not still, it, it still was. a human being, man. So there's a there's a professional way to do things. Okay, but let, let, let's break down the whole situation, right? Quickly. So for starters, the Lakers' first choice was not Frank Vogel to be the head coach when they did get him, right? That's something that goes overlooked. I, I don't want to say it wasn't the Lakers' first choice. It wasn't Rob Palinka's first choice. Rob Palinka wanted Jason Kidd to coach the Lakers, which is why Jason Kidd took the top assistant job. And he was not Frank Fogel's choice to be a top assistant. So the backstory there is there was always, you know, it wasn't it wasn't Palinka's choice to have Vogel, but Vogel got the job because you know Genie Bus and the rest of them really liked him. Fine. You look at the bubble year; they won a chip. The roster wasn't that good when they won the chip, which is something that doesn't get talked about. Which is why I can't shoot Frank Vogel bail in terms of I don't feel bad for him getting fired. You knew the assignment. When you have a LeBron team, unlike any other player in NBA history, it's a very difficult coaching job, right? Because it's either finals or, or bust, or you're on the potential to get fired. And you have to make do with the roster that you have, which is why not every coach But when when, when does job. when does roster accountability happen? Because I've been saying this is going on year three of this. I mean, roster accountability should happen, but in all fairness, this roster that they had this season was better than the roster that won the chip in the bubble. No, it wasn't. It, on paper, no, it, it was. No, on well, paper, nothing it was. wins. Nothing in nothing in the history of life wins on paper. And I, I, on I agree with you, but that takes me to my third problem. The third problem: Frank Vogel never, ever, ever wanted Russell Westbrook. I agree. He wanted Buddy Heald. He wanted Kemba Walker. He wanted Kyle Lowry. At no point did he want. Russell Westbrook. Why did he not want Russell Westbrook? Because anybody like Frank Vogel, who is an above-average NBA coach, knows, regardless if you think Russell Westbrook is washed or you think he's a superstar, none of that matters. In his prime, he could not have played with LeBron in his prime. They're both, they're, they're, they're essentially the same exact type of player offensively. They need the ball in their hands. They want to run the offense. Okay. Neither one of them is going to look their best if you ask them to be a spot of shooter. Which so is what why, they, why didn't they realize this? Because neither one. Because of Rob Polinka doesn't need to be a general manager. Yeah. That's why. So Honestly, it, that's where Rob, the blame needs to start to fall. Because he wanted. Where does LeBron fit into this picture? Because like none, none of this happens. Westbrook does not come to Los Angeles unless LeBron approves it. You're absolutely None correct. So I did a deep dive today, right? And okay. I went I went and looked back at all the rumors that were happening before the signing. And initially the Lakers were they were set to make a move for Kyle Lowry, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Rob Polinka shut it down. He didn't want Kyle Lowry because he thought about the age <laughs> and he thought about the missed games for personal reasons last year. And in fairness to Polinka, Kyle Lowry did miss a lot of games this season, especially early on in the season. Mm-hmm. So I can't necessarily fault him because his reasoning was right. But once he nicks getting Lowry, it really came down to Kemba or Russ. And apparently LeBron, if you look at some of the cryptic tweets, he did not want to play with Kemba because of how Kemba looked last year in Boston. It was bad. Mm-hmm. So they went with Russ because they felt like they needed a point guard. They could not come into the season with Alex Caruso. That was their mentality. It was the wrong one. In all honesty, because again, like we keep saying, you and I said from the jump, we didn't think it was going to work. Because LeBron said, oh, I'm going to play more off the ball. You've never played off the ball. Your entire basketball career going back to high school, 
You've never just played off the ball. It hasn't happened. Why would it happen at 37 years old? Right. And now, you know, you look at what, okay, so now it's like, who can the Lakers get as a coach going forward? Because they didn't fire any assistants. Mm-hmm. They just fired Vogel, which is also super disrespectful. But so the question is, who can the Lakers get? And I'm going to be honest, I don't know. Can, can, we, gonna... can, we, can we stay right there? So a couple of names have come out, and I just want you to debunk these ideas. One is Doc Rivers. Not so, happening. But let me give me a second. Let me just so there's an assumption that let's say the Sixers struggle against the Raptors. Uh, you know, Doc Rivers has some questionable coaching decisions. He says, you know what, this isn't working. I like to play in LA. That's where I go. Me and LeBron, great relationship. Westbrook got to get traded, and I'll come there. Uh, why is Doc Rivers not a good fit for LA? All right, so let's start with this. And Doc Rivers' entire career. What is the one thing Rivers has needed? He's needed two things to be extremely successful. Veteran cha- veteran stars? Nope. He's needed not just veteran stars, veteran stars willing to play defense. The Lakers do not have that. The Lakers do not have a team of guys that are willing to play defense. Because Frank Vogel is one of the best defensive coaches in the league. Because they literally did to a championship. Yeah, I'm saying, but Frank Vogel is one of the best defensive coaches in basketball, and he couldn't get this team to play defense. Well, I don't think he had the personnel to play defense. And then the other biggest problem, if you look at Doc Rivers' entire career, he needs a point guard, man. He needs a point guard, and I don't think Russ is it. Do you think Russ is it? No. Okay. So I don't know how the Lakers are going to get a point guard. So, that, But Doc would have to have a say in who that point guard is because he needs a specific type of guy. All right. So we'll get to um, Russell Westbrook trades in a second. All right. The second guy I want you to debunk is Nick Nurse. Now, I'm going to say this. Nick Nurse is legitimately one of the top five coaches in the league. Super supreme strategist. Um, he can think of the fly. He can make a ton of adjustments. Why? Why would Nick Nurse leave Toronto where he won a championship to go to L.A. and face the most scrutiny he's ever faced in his life? Yeah, so if Nick Nurse was going to leave Toronto, I just want people to understand this. If he was going to leave Toronto, he would have went to the Dallas Mavericks to coach Luka. That's number one. Mm-hmm. He could have went to the New York Knicks after they won the chip and had that Knicks team that he could have built from scratch with all the money in the world and probably attracted the superstar that the Knicks couldn't get. Mm-hmm. They could have gotten Kawhi Leonard when he went. He had to go back to L.A. He might have followed Nick Nurse to the Knicks. But, but my point is Nick Nurse isn't leaving that core that he has in Toronto. And that's the other thing. Age plays a number. If you're talking about a coach leaving a current situation, in the NBA to go to a different team, you have to look at the roster construction. Toronto barely has any players over the age of 30. Thanks. They have their starting four for the next, I don't know, five years at least. Maybe Gary Trent's not there for the future, but Van Fleet, Siakam, Ananobi, and Barnes are. And if they can attract any sort of center or draft one, then all of a sudden they're a good team. And here's the biggest reason. Toronto should have stunk this year. Should have been a lottery team this year. They have the worst bench in the NBA. You've had to play Siakam and Van Fleet when they play almost 40-plus minutes a night. Right. And your team is in the fifth seed. Why would you, why would you leave it? Why? The sky, you can only go up from where they're at. Why would you, the team's not going to get worse. And the rest of the East is about to get drastically worse in the next three years just because of how the contracts are and guys that will be free agents. So it's like, no, Nick Nurse is not going to L.A. It would be great. I'd love it. It ain't happening. Better off saying Dwayne Casey leaving Detroit. 
Okay, and let's debunk the next one. So, uh, the next interesting thing I heard was a Wessel, and again, I want to tell people, why would Indiana, this is why, you know why you can hear a trade is fake, because it doesn't make sense for the other team. <laughs> so, the next thing I heard was Russell Westbrook to Indiana for Buddy Heald and Malcolm Brogdon. Go ahead. So, I will say this. If if Indiana didn't have Tyrese Halliburton, I would say that's a possibility because I do think the Pacers want to move off of Brogdon, and I think Heald wants to move on from the Pacers. Um, but that's just not going to happen because they do have Tyrese Halliburton. They don't need Russell Westbrook, and that team is going to be trying to tank for the next couple seasons because they stink. Their roster is garbage because they traded it away for Tyrese Halliburton. So, yeah, no, that's not going to happen. People, just just stop. If Russell Westbrook's getting traded – there's realistically only two teams that's going to happen with. You're going to trade him with Houston for John Wall, okay, which mm-hmm. I don't know if that's much of an upgrade. We talked about that a couple months ago. And then the only other place where it could pot- – and I mean potentially happen would be the New York Knicks. Mm. But, again, you look at both teams, I don't know who in the world the Lakers would want off that roster. Have you, have you given up on the Westbrook for uh, John Wall idea? I mean, it could happen, but, like... I think that's a last-ditch effort. Again, John Wall just... I mean, and not by choice, but John Wall sat out the entire season, man. Mm. For a guy that's already been hurt, the quickness wasn't there, like, an entire year without basketball, I don't know what he was doing in terms of training, so I don't want to speculate on that. But just, he hasn't played NBA basketball. Honestly, he hasn't played close to a full season in, like, three years. So... (laughs) Wow. I mean, yeah, if you want him, I'm sure he'll be available. But I don't know that Houston wants Russ. Listen, the Lakers have a lot of work to do. Accountability has to spread beyond Frank Vogel. All right, you made him the fall guy, but he's not the only fall guy. Again, we haven't even said the words Anthony Davis, dog. All right, and before we go, I, you got to go on Anthony Davis at least 30 seconds. Go ahead, Yeah, bro. so, okay. We're going to talk about a guy that might be the most overhyped player in NBA history just for the simple fact that he can't stay on the court. And then – Every time that the offseason comes up, no matter what team he's on, it comes to, oh, who are they going to put around Anthony Davis? First of all, it doesn't matter who you put around because Anthony's not going to be there for half <laughs> doesn't matter who. It shouldn't even be a thought in your mind on how will this person fit with Anthony Davis. Let's just go with how will this person fit with LeBron, okay? And then my thing with Anthony Davis, too, I don't want to hear from you. This whole offseason, I don't want to hear nothing. Come in better shape. Like, let's let's turn that, you know, 10, 10 pounds of that fat you got on your body, let's turn that into some muscle, okay? Let's work on some squats and some calf raises. Let's get that lower body to, together, uh-huh. okay? And then how about this one? How about you find your three-point shot again? Because that's the biggest thing to me, is even when he did play, he was shooting sub-25% from the three-point line. How about just scoring more in the paint more? Like, you know, how about that? More or play the rolls. center. How about that? How about you play the center? Well, let's not get crazy here. Actively. How about you play the center? Seven feet tall. <laughs> Again, whoever the coach is, Rob Palenka said, I want the coach before the draft. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because the only coach that they can really get to coach this team is a veteran coach, right? Because you got they have to respect – LeBron and them have to respect him. And you don't have an Eric Spolster in the organization. And you don't have a GM that's Pat Riley. So – if you want a veteran coach, you're going to either have to pay them a ridiculous amount of money or you're going to have to make the moves that they want you to make before they're willing to sign on that dotted line. Mainly, it might be trading Anthony Davis and Westbrook. 
All right. So before we get into our <laughs> NBA play-in talk, I gotta. I, I just there was no way I, you already know what I'm going to talk about. All right. So two players uh, were in contention for the NBA Eastern Conference for Eastern Conference Player Rookie of the Month, right? Yes. Now, Player A averaged 16.6 points <laughs> per game, 7.6 rebounds a game, and four assists per game, right? Yep. All right. And Player B averaged 22.9 points a game, 5.9 rebounds per game, and 7.0 assists per game. <laughs> Which player do you think should win Rookie of the Month? Should be Player B. Okay. Player A won. You know, Player <laughs> A is Scotty Barnes, and Player B... <laughs> Is K cut him? When I tell you media propaganda is a real thing, it is. Now, before I get on my hill, I gotta shout out one guy. I gotta shout out Ryan Marcello because he's one of the few people that can stand on a hill without being budged by other guys. You know, it's like I can say this, I believe this, and I can stand on it. And so many guys, I start and I fell into the trap too. So it's not like just calling out people. Um, so many guys kind of hear one guy say a thing, and they'll kind of say, okay, well, if this is the consensus pick, I don't want to be the guy that doesn't pick the guy that everybody else picks. I don't care about that anymore. If I believe the guy is a legitimate candidate, and I believe I can legitimately explain his case to win any position or award, he should get it. All right. I'm not going to do a full deep dive into the Kate Cunningham thing, but this this rookie of the month is a small, is a small example of why the narrative changes because before this year, nobody cared about winning. I want to remind people that when LeBron James won rookie of the year, Carmelo's team made the playoffs. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Nobody cared. <laughs> <laughs> nobody cares. All right. So we have to understand. We have to pick a hill, which we're going to stand on. All right. Any small thoughts on that before we go on? I mean, listen, Scotty Barnes, of course, his team's going to win because they have NBA players. And their coach doesn't just sit a bunch of starters and let the backups to the backups play for 30 minutes, man. But <laughs> you, you hey, know what's what funny? Do, and this is what my do last I know, thing. man? <laughs> this is my last thing on it. Yo, I like Scotty Barnes. And this is not the Scotty Slander podcast, dog. But what's happening with him is because they're having a successful season, p- people were saying, somebody said uh, today online, it was like, um, well, they basically have the same roster they did last year. And he just added Scotty Barnes, so he's the reason why they won 20. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. The number one reason why the Raptors are good is because their best player, who was terrible last year, reclaimed as one of the 15 best players in the league this year. That's Pascal Siakam. Remember last year when Pascal Siakam was on the NBA trading block? Yep. And anybody could have had him? Yep. Well, now this year he's off the NBA trading block, and he's going to make an all-NBA team. That's yes, why when your best player improves, you improve. And yeah, the thing about Scotty Barnes too that people have to be see as sports again, fans, Scottie we have Barnes to be is honest. Good it's not a, I like him, man. He's, no, he's, he's a good. yeah, he is a good young player, but we have to be honest. He's the fourth option on a playoff team. His numbers should be good because he's nowhere in the scouting report for the other team yet. Now, if he puts up duplicate numbers next season, then that means we have something. Cade, on the other hand, he is the top guy on that report every night because mm-hmm. Jeremy Grant didn't play half the season and Sadiq Bey can drop 50 one night and take two shots the next. So, <laughs> I, you know, I, and again, this isn't Scotty Barnes' hate, but we just have to be honest about what's going on here. Yeah. And, and my final thing on this, and again, I'm, there's you guys, this is a sample size. I'm digging deep with numbers and stats on this on Wednesday. But my final thing is this. 
If Scotty Barnes was on the Orlando Magic, would, would, would he be the rookie of the year? No. If Evan Mobley was on the Orlando Magic, would he be the rookie nope. of the year? All right, that's it. That's it. Because now the argument is, oh, their teams are winning. They contribute to winning teams. Yeah, because both of those teams have two other All-Stars on them. Yeah. And every uh, time, every podcast I've heard, nobody says it. It's just like, oh, no, well, they're the re- – no, 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 no. But I'm going to leave it there. All right. Um, do you want to enter the play-in game? Yes. All right. So I'll let you lead off with the play-in rule, uh, uh, lineups. All right. So tomorrow night we got two games, right? One Eastern Conference, one Western mm-hmm. Conference. Mm-hmm. Eastern Conference. We got the Brooklyn Nets at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers with no Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. And then we have the Minnesota Timberwolves at home against the uh, – Los Angeles Clippers. Well, I think okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're right, you're right. Yeah, the yeah. other two are Wednesday. Yeah. Um, so if we start with the Brooklyn and the Cavs game, yep, right? Let's start there. So these teams played three times this season. Yep. We're gonna ignore the first two games. Reason we're gonna ignore the first two games, they were both in November. No Kyrie Irving. Jared Allen didn't I mean Evan Mobley didn't play in one of them. Um so it's just completely different rosters, right? No Seth Curry, nothing. So let's ignore those. They did play a week ago. Let's look at that game. Okay. The Cleveland Cavaliers got down by 15 because they couldn't shoot in the first quarter. Then they came all the way back in the second and won the second and third quarters. Then they lost the fourth quarter by 15. If you can't open games, do you agree with that? Absolutely. Okay. So with all that being said, None of that makes any difference to me because this game is going to be. I the agree. reason it's reason it's going to be tight for the jump. There's going to be a couple of adjustments. Adjustment number one. Completely important. They will play Chetty Osman close to 30 minutes because what right. Chetty Osman does is he presents a bigger mismatch for when the Nets want to play that Bruce Brown or Patty Mills at the three. Mm-hmm. Right, can't really do that if you have six foot eight Chetty Osman out there. Second thing, you're going to see more Kevin Love minutes. Everybody loves Mobley. He's a rookie. Rookies tend to struggle in the playoffs. If he is struggling, he will find himself on the bench. They will put Kevin Love at the five against Drummond. They will put Kevin Love at the five against Claxton. Neither one of those two guys can guard Kevin Love at the three-point line. But to me, the biggest thing, okay, Darius Garland. The mm. only way Cleveland can win this game is Darius Carlin has to make Kyrie Irving work as hard as he's going to have to work on defense. Because Kyrie's going to be trying to go off from the jump, and Darius has to match the output of scoring and of offensive just work. You have to make Kyrie work. And then yeah, it, the other thing to me, too, is Karis LeVert has to absolutely destroy Seth Curry. Absolutely. And, Numbers and can't be close. Yeah, and that's what I'm going to step in. Um, Listen, Karis LeVert, even though he got traded from another team, um, for all intents and purposes, made his name on the Nets, all right? So don't think that he isn't going to have a lot of pride and energy in this game. If I was playing fantasy, I'd take Karis LeVert. Now, with that being said, as good as a three-point shooter that Seth Curry is, one, his ankle still isn't 100%, right? Correct. Two, Karis LeVert is one of their best one-on-one scorers. And yep. It's so important for him to get off scoring because I feel like Darius Garland is going to be trying to score so much. I worry a little bit. 
about Darius Gordon's passing because I feel like he might say, hey, it's on me. I got to get this done. But I think it's still important for Darius Garland still to find other players. Absolutely. Is there Mainly any update currently on Jared Allen? Yeah, Shams reported about an hour and a half ago, Jared Allen is officially ruled out Ooh. of the play-in tournament. Wow. So that would be both games, potentially, if they lose to Brooklyn. He's rehabbing the finger. Problem is that he cannot dunk. Mm. He cannot block shots with the right hand. And That's if he tough. can't – I don't care about the block, but if he cannot dunk, he cannot yeah, he play. Can't play. <laughs> he can't play. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's do ramifications. So let's say that the Nets win this game. What happens to the Cavs? If the Nets win this game, the Cavs had a great season, but it's over. Okay, and then the Nets would have to play the winner of Charlotte. And... No, no, if the Nets win, the Nets would play the two seed, which is Boston. So they win, they get the seventh spot. Yes. And then tomorrow, if the – um. Hornets beat the Hawks, then what happens? Then it would be the Hornets versus the Cavs. And that's it? For the eighth seed, yep. Okay, I got you. All right, so now let's do our picks and let's do a little bit of line play here. So the over uh, – well, not to do, I don't want to do the over-under. Um, Brooklyn is favored by eight and a half in their home. Again, even without Jared Allen, I think Kevin Love should start. I don't think he should play around. Um, with Moses uh, uh, Moody – a good body to put on drumming. Uh, like I said, Kevin Love got to play 35, 40 minutes a game. Um, I like the Cavaliers to come within nine points, man. Oh, I definitely like the Cavs to come within nine. Now, if we're saying can the Cavs win the game, I mean, they can win. They can, but they're going to have to have, like, Kevin Love's going to have to have a double-double. Karis Lover's going to have to be at least 20 points. And... But see, I don't know if the Cavs – and I, I, this is something else people have to realize. I don't know if the Cavs players – are smart enough to beat the Nets. I do know J.B. Bickerstaff is smart enough to outcoach Steve Nash. But what I mean by that is there's another tactic that the Cavs can use here, mm-hmm. and that would be Karis LeVert to try to pick up as many fouls as he can on secondary players, and the same with Isaac Okoro. Because if, you, if the Nets have a weakness, if you can get to that bench, if you get Seth Curry with two fouls and they have to rely on a Patty Mills or a Cam Thomas, if, if you know, if you can get somehow, if Lori Markinen can get two early fouls on KD or mm-hmm. if Garland can get two early fouls on Kyrie, that's when things will get interesting for the Nets because they're not a deep team. The Cavs are a deep team. Like they can go to the bench. They can go to a Rondo if they have to. But, I don't know if they're smart enough to play that style of basketball to draw the fouls, more pump fake to get in the paint. But, yeah, no, I'd like them to come within. Like I said, it'll be a tight game. I just don't know ultimately if they'll actually win. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, let's keep it going. Let's move to the second game. The Clippers are on the road at Minnesota. Minnesota is favored by three. I think this will be the much tighter game out of both of the games. Uh, these teams match up really, really well. Uh, go ahead, give me the breakdown between their matchups. So for me, if you let's start with the biggest matchup I think that is going to exist in this game, and that's going to be the scoring output between Anthony Edwards versus Paul George, right? Mm-hmm. Because Paul George is going to have to get buckets mm-hmm. and turn into playoff P. But <sighs> Anthony Edwards can can match and potentially outscore Paul George. 
because his matchup, I think, will be slightly better going up against Marcus Morris or Nicholas Batum. Right. Um, now, if you want to go outside of the two star players in this, well, then here's the second problem. Can Zubac do anything with Carl Towns? Because if Zubac gets the best of Carl Towns and their stat line is close, then this game will not be close. Well, I don't expect that to happen. I think Me, I don't Towns is going to pull either. him out the paint. I think he's going to outrun him up and down the court. And he's going to show why he should make a third-team All-NBA. Now, where I'll say this. Where it gets dicey from Minnesota, they cannot have what they've had the last three weeks of the season. You can't have D'Angelo Russell and Patrick Beverly combining for less than 30 points. It can't happen. Thanks. Because there's too many guys that on this Clippers, Reggie Jackson can go off at the drop of a dime. Norman Powell off that bench, I expect to have a big say. And Norman Powell might actually start, which would change some of these matchups a little bit. Mm-hmm. But if, if Norman Powell comes off the bench, I like him to have a big game. And then, the, you know, the other thing for me, too, is this. It's the Covington factor, which, you know, you and I are big Robert Covington fans. He's a great role player. Right. He presents some problems in this, in this one game. Also, this is a revenge tour for both teams. So it is. For one side, we got Robert Covington, who's kind of struggled a little bit in Minnesota, but it's kind of bounced back. And we got Mr. Clipper himself, Patrick Beverly. Yes, sir. Um, so for Patrick, I'll start with him. Listen, I was a big Patrick Beverly guy before. Um, I thought he was coming into a league, second-round pick. Uh, he had to play overseas for a while. I think actually, I think he was undrafted. I don't think he was a second round pick, but I think um, he was undrafted. Yeah, yeah. Now I just think it's crazy that in the last couple of years he's been kind of becoming the character. Um, he just does dumb things sometimes. I think he just tries to make this show about him too much, uh, and I think he just turned into a character of himself. Now, with that being said, uh, this game is pretty big for him. All right, now I don't think he can go apart to George, but if there was a switch that could happen, he said. What defender would you want on Paul in the last possession? Wouldn't be mad if it was him. This game is going to be close, all right? So let's talk about the three things Minnesota has to do to win this game. One, they have to get in transition, and D'Angelo Russell has to find other players. D'Angelo Russell gets eight-plus assists. I love this game for Minnesota. Two, Towns curl early and often and stay aggressive, all right? Towns dominating this matchup is the biggest thing for them is because, one, no matter what, Minnesota won't go small. And to me, the Clippers' biggest uh, thing they can do is go small and try to beat you. All right? And number three, Anthony Edwards' shot selection. All right? This guy has to take better shots. If he takes good shots, he'll make good shots. If he takes bad shots, he might make them. He might not. All right? Um, As far as the Clippers, one, it's always Paul George creating for others. I expect Paul George to score, but more importantly than Paul George to score, he had like 12, 15 assists the other night. It's so big for the career for these other guys like Reggie Jackson, Marcus Morris, you know. Um, got to knock down open shots. Yeah, yeah. They got to knock down open shots. All right, so I, I really need Reggie Jackson to play well. I need Paul George to create for others. And I need Zubac to stay out of foul trouble, man. All right? I don't expect him to win this matchup, but he's got to stay on the floor because they need him. Uh, I am going to take – Crap. I'm going to take Minnesota to win by three. I'm going to take the Clippers. Oh, like, do you like them to win straight up? No. I like <laughs> it to be, you know, that last minute, potentially some fouls. Somebody's going to have the ball in their hand with a chance to win. But mm-hmm. I, I think Minnesota um, – I think Minnesota will win. 
it's just going to come down to that final possession. Right. All right. So, look, this is what we'll do. Um, Today is Monday, correct? Correct. These games are tomorrow. So, we'll come back Wednesday. We'll talk about the breakdown from Tuesday. We'll preview the Wednesday's games. And we will do the all-NBA awards. Because after Wednesday, the playoffs will start. Those awards. You heard me? Correct. All right. Um. So. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Now, do we want to do playoff? Yeah, we can do playoff matchups. We we, we can make that Friday instead of Saturday. So look, we'll do a month. We'll do three pods this week, guaranteed. I know I talk about three pods. We'll have to do them this week. All right. Wednesday award pod. Friday playoff preview pod. All right. We'll do a small playoff preview because obviously the playoff, for some weird reason, they don't count the playing game and playoff stats, but they also don't count them for regular season stats. Yeah. That's really weird, man. Um, before we go, do you have the total list of the wins and losses for me and you this year? For the regular season, yes, I do. Hey, let's hear them, brother. All right, so we did a total of 181 games. Nice. Which is a lot. Joshua Franklin finished with 101 wins and 80 losses. Hey! It's 21 games over 500. Congratulations, brother. I appreciate it, man. I I like, to the think, season. I like to thank everybody except the Academy. <laughs> uh, I like to thank Will Smith. <laughs> I like to thank me, Kanye West, every inspiring black man, and just further on onward and upward. Go ahead, man. I finished under 500 at 89 and 92. Had a rough you know last funny? week. You know what's funny about these picks is, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of times I feel like you made the better, smarter picks. But I just feel like watching basketball, <laughs> it doesn't matter, dog. The right thing never happens in basketball. Having those picks I made to win with the wrong pick. Because I would have picked what he picked. But I'm like, nah, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> Somebody's going to stop playing hard. Some random guy's going to hit threes. The NBA is a funny sport, man. Absolutely. All right. Um, any last thoughts before we get out of here? My only last thoughts is I'm excited for playoff basketball. And I'm excited for some guys we haven't talked about all season to step up in the brightest spot and make a name for themselves this season. Right. So real quick, let's do a recap. Wednesday, we'll talk about these two playing games. We'll preview the playing games, and we're going in. First team, second, third team All-NBA. MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year. All right? Most improved player of the year. Most improved player of the year. We're gonna uh, and first and second team all defense. Yeah, we might have to break that pot into two parts. Yeah, we might not. We'll see. I think we'll a lot see. of our picks may be very similar. Some of them are gonna be. Oh miles no! Some are gonna apart. be similar. Some are gonna be different. Because I'm telling you now, I'm not. I promise that I'm not picking what everybody else picking just so I can agree with other people. I don't Especially care. our all defensive teams are gonna look extremely different. Oh, 100. percent And our first team all NBA. I got something for y'all. Oh, yeah, because uh, I got something for y'all. I'll, I'll leave this as a cliffhanger for y'all. So, the LeBron thing is the biggest story of the <laughs> all thing. And second to LeBron is Jimmy Butler versus Pascal Siakam. All right, those are the two biggest arguments right now. And without giving anything away, that's the cliffhanger I'm going to leave y'all with. All right. Um, so, we'll be back Wednesday to do that pod. Friday, we'll do the playoff preview pod. Big week, guys. Playoffs are coming. Listen. I do not play about the NBA Awards podcast, all right? It is, to this date, the biggest episode I've ever had every single season, all right? So I'm bringing it. The facts are coming. Like, uh, subscribe, comment, 
share, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, hashtag K-N-O-W-Y-A-R-O-L-E-P-L-E-Y-E-R. All right, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Y'all know what to do. Hashtag search it up. You'll find every episode, including the ones you currently listen to. All right. All right. I will see y'all Wednesday. You have a great week and be safe. Peace.